You are now listening to the Life in Football podcast. Check out the new website, lifeinfootball.com. Once again, the website is lifeinfootball.com. Thanks for listening. This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football. This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football. It's life in football. We are life in football. Welcome to the Life in Football podcast, baby. I'm your host, Mike Fee. And this is your co-host, Colin Moore. You know, we love life and enjoying football. Today on the Life and Football podcast, our special guest is Marcus Floyd. Now, if you don't know, now you know. Because we got a minister on the phone, but he was a baller. He won the state championship at high school, at Bartow High School. He went on to play at Indiana. He was a running back who switched to DB, and he played in the NFL, and he also had some time in NFL Europe, and he's not just doing things, you know, in the community, but he's a man that's impacting lives, man, and he's a businessman as well, and I'm so happy we have him on today because you have a guy who didn't experience a lot of things young guys going through, probably hardship, failure, but he able to talk to him and encourage him, and on top of that, he had the pulpit and he, you know, spreading the gospel, but he was a real onto my dog and bowl out there on that field. So without further ado, I'm gonna go ahead and let Simo bring him on. How you doing, Mark? I'm good. How about you? Good, man. It's a blessing to have you on. Man, I'm honored to be a part of it. Y'all keep up the good work. We trying, man. We trying. So I did my research on you. I like Mike. Mike just said we seen that you was a ball in high school at running back, and then went to Indiana and switched to DB. What actually made the switch happen? Well, what happened in the beginning? There was a a player that was a, a senior that got injured, and they gave me an opportunity to play. And I, I, I had no idea I was going to play that position, but I was I was ready. And I was prepared, and they gave me the opportunity. And like they say, the rest is history. Now, when you got the opportunity to play DB, and mm-hmm. then I, I know every player want to go to the NFL. Now, mm-hmm. when you switched to DB, did you feel like that made your chances of going to the NFL even better? Because which you made it, but did you feel like that made your chances even better? Absolutely. Uh, because of my, my size, uh, that was uh, an opportunity for me to develop in that position. But also, while I was switching from positions, I was playing a lot of special teams. You know, I, I kept the faith. I trusted in God, kept working hard. But while I was playing special teams, I, I really developed, and I got some good film out there. I became one of the best, if not the best, special teams player in the Big Ten and between those positions. But while when I got that opportunity, yes, I, I was able to pick up the uh, – I played a little bit of DB in high school as well, so I was – kind of familiar with the position. So I was able to to kind of pick it up a little bit quicker than normal because I had that experience from high school. 
But yes, I believe it did give me an opportunity to to make it more so than running back or wide receiver. Mark, if you could give us your story, let the people know how I was growing up. Did you have your mom and dad there and how you ended up in Indiana? Well, yes, uh, growing up, I had my mom and my dad in the house. So I certainly thank God for that. Uh, we didn't have a didn't have a perfect life. We went through some trials and some tribulations. Uh, my my parents ended up getting a divorce during my senior year in high school, right before I went to college. But I was on my way to University of Florida. They had um, offered me a, a scholarship, and and it, I got injured during the fifth game of my high, my uh, senior year. And I was on pace at that time to rush for two thousand yards. That was my goal, but I got injured. And during those five years or five games I was out, um, I, I lost uh, lost a lot of momentum that I had gained in the offseason. But I came back in the playoffs, we were able to win a state championship. Uh, but after I got back and we won the state championship, the scholarship was no longer there. They wanted me to come on as a preferred walk-on, but I still got nine full scholarship offers, Indiana being one of them. And the main reason I – well, I'll give you – Two reasons I, I chose to go to Indiana first. You know, I always wanted to play in a big conference, wanted to play on television. And also the second reason was my uncle was there up in Anderson, Indiana. So that really played a key role in me going there. He was actually met me there when I went on my official visit to make sure they had a good academic structure um, and also to make sure that I was going to be in a good place athletically as well. So that was a, a key part of me going to Indiana. Now, I love everything you just said. And one thing I noticed is guys we interviewing as they're growing up, and for some reason, this almost like a trend. I hear the coaches. I hear the guys, you know, for doing other things in football. Mm -hmm. A lot of them say when they grow up, sometimes the parents, well, it's a lot of them who have said their parents had got a divorce. If you could give the people some inspiration or something that could help because me and Seymour married we young men give mm -hmm. us some I guess enlightened information that could probably help people stay away from something like divorce well what I learned from that situation um, my dad had a substance abuse problem um, and he was able to get over that my mom stuck with him my dad was the mayor of my hometown, Bartow, Florida, the city councilman, engineer. He actually played football at South Carolina State on a full scholarship as well. And so I, I, my love for the game came from him. He was a provider. He just had a struggle. Thank God he got over it. But I learned, I think what happens, a lot of people, when they have an example like that and they see a, they're in a toxic environment that, that's not conducive to growing and they, it builds a lot of frustration. But what I learned from it, I learned what not to do. And I said, you know, I, I know how this feels. So I'll never do my children like this. I'll, I'll never treat my wife like this. I'll never put myself in a position where we are in a position where we could consider having to get a divorce because of something I've done. I've been blessed to, to marry my high school sweetheart. We've been married almost 18 years and I'm, I'm committed to that process. We have one daughter and my commitment is first to God because God hates divorce, but 
I'm committed to doing whatever is necessary on my part to make sure that I'm the man that I'm supposed to be, the spiritual leader I'm supposed to be, the provider I'm supposed to be, and that I, I, I love my wife the way she's supposed to be loved. And I, I, I'm there for my daughter no matter how busy I am. I make time for my daughter because I know that she's seven years old now. And before you know it, she'll be going off to college and she'll have her own life. And I can never get these moments back. And so I understand in order to defeat some of those cycles and, and alleviate some of those curses that, that, that are prevalent in some families, I got to make sure I, I'm in my rightful place as a man to make sure that if, there, if, if some advice needs to be given, that I can be the one that has that connection with my daughter to be able to, to share from the word of God and from my experiences where she won't get that bad advice. So that, it's all about a commitment. Man, Mark, you make a joker want to run through a wall for the family. I'm talking about you make a joker reevaluate what he's doing. Like, <laughs> let me make sure I'm I'm handling business like I need to. And see, a lot of young men need to hear this, but they don't, and they think that talking to a lot of women and playing all the rap music, and they think that's where it's at. And in the end, when they in their 30s and 40s, and they see that none of that matters, mm-hmm. hopefully they haven't created four or five different households of families. Right, but right. but what I do want to ask you is what where did you get that mentality that man I ain't quitting, I ain't giving up, I'm locked in, I'm gonna do what it takes. Like where did that mentality come? Because you had it in the you you got it in ball, you you got it right now like you said in marriage, like in everything you do, where did where did you get that from? You know, I w- I was blessed from a young at a young age, the Lord showed me what he what I was gonna do. You know, I, I had no idea I was going to be a pastor or a preacher, but he did show me that I was going to play in the National Football League when I grew up. I, I knew that. And, and although I faced all that adversity, I, I was focused on the vision that God had given me at nine. I told my mom that I would play in the National Football League at nine. And so that was the thing that was in front of me that motivated me throughout all those tests, all those setbacks, the injury in high school and the multiple positions in college being on a team in the Big Ten, playing against, playing against Charles Woodson and, and, and guys for Penn State, uh, first-round uh, draft pick wide receiver Johnson, number 24. I played against a lot of top-tier guys, and we lost a lot of games. Michigan State and all those playing in the big house. And, and we, 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 never, we, we, we won some games in the end of my career, but we lost a ton of games. We never got over 500. But – I wasn't even invited to take the Wonderlick test. I wasn't even invited in the room. I went and knocked on the door and they let me in. And so I, I knew that God was the one that had given me the opportunity to be in that position. And I wasn't going to give up because I knew that if I kept the faith and kept working hard and, and, and doing what I was supposed to do and making good choices, not to, to put myself in a position where I had a blemish on my record or, or had something that would give them an excuse not to give me an opportunity. I, I did my best to, to stay out of trouble, to, to, to stay focused on the academics because I understood, Colin, that, that football was only going to last for a little while. And I tell young men now that it's a business trip that you're making. You got to prepare yourself for your future. So when you're in those classes, you need to be learning something. You need to try to get you a degree because when you're on a full scholarship, it's free. But then when you try to go back, you got to pay for it. 
And so it's best to have a business mentality the whole time. I saw it as an opportunity for me to get off to a good start, to get ahead in life and to be able to do some things where I could someday start businesses and I could someday give back to the community and someday have a retirement and have something that I could leave for my children. I was focused like that as a young man. And I thank God for the way my mom raised me and even my dad. Although my dad has some flaws, he also has some great characteristics as well that he shared with me. But that's the reason. I always had that focus because I always saw opportunities as something that should be cherished and taken advantage of. Mom, when you go speak all around the country, man, God just gifted you now. When with, with how you know God, when you knew God had gifted you to to go into pastoring, mm-hmm. when did it hit you like, man, this this what I'm committed to? And because I know you've been committed to God, but when did you know, okay, boom, this the whole, this my avenue in life? Well, this is the, it. It kind of, and that, that's another thing that ties into the reason I went to to Indiana. And I I, I could have gone, like I said before, I had nine full scholarship offers, D D one full scholarship offers. But I, I went, God led me there because there was a, a man named Anthony Thompson, which was a running backs coach. He actually came in second place behind Andre Ware the year he won the Heisman Trophy. Another man named Ty Knott. Ty Knott has gone on. He's, he was a, a player, player personnel director for the 49ers. He's been a coach in the league. He's been AFL coach. He's been in a lot of different places. Uh, but these gentlemen were there to help me to see the fact that it's not about just football. It's about the platform of football to advance God's kingdom, to tell people your testimony, to tell young people that you can trust God, you can live right, you can do this. And so they began to disciple me. And as they discipled me, they allowed me to to teach on Wednesday nights and, and share my testimony. And that's one of the reasons I got an opportunity in the National Football League, because I was giving my testimony and a friend of mine, was a youth pastor in Bloomington. And I had been told no by Tony Page, who became my agent. And Tony Page was, he played for the Miami Dolphins for a while. And he was Kedrick Vincent's agent, which is a guy I went to high school with. And so I I told him, I said, look, I have what it takes. All I want is an opportunity. And so I ended up going and giving my testimony. And my friend's parents actually own a business, own a business in the Washington, D.C. area. And so they were so touched by my testimony. Here I am. I'm done with school. I still have this dream. I have no job. I have bills. I can't pay my bills. I'm in a position where I'm kind of caught in between. And so I gave my testimony. My friend's dad, who in D.C. lived in a million-dollar house, a mansion, owned his own business, invited me to come live in Washington, D.C., allowed me to stay in his house, gave me a car to drive, put gas in the car, hired me. And during that time, I found out that Tony Page was in that area. And so me and Brian, my friend, Brian Haney, had put together a highlight film. Remember, during the time that I was going from position to position, not starting, not playing, I became really good at special teams. So I took the take to Tony Page's office. And I said, look, I know you said you, didn't, you were not looking to represent me, but just look at this tape. Check this tape out. 
So he, he said, okay. Looked at the tape. He said, man, you look like Ward Dunn on this tape. He said, man, look at all these plays on special teams you're making. He said, I know exactly who I'm going to send this tape to. I'm going to represent you. He sent the tape to Mike Westoff, who was a special teams coach for the New York Jets. And Mike Westoff's daughter was actually a graduate student at Indiana University at that time. Mike Westoff, I'm sure you all know him, was one of, is, is one of the best special teams coaches that's ever done it. They brought me in as a result of Tony playing, actually played for him when Mike Westoff was with the Miami Dolphins. All about connections. I know y'all know that. And so ended up, and I'll, I'll cut it short, but to make a long story short, Herm Edwards was the coach of the New York Jets. Mike Westoff came in, stood on the table for me. He said, look, we need this kid on special teams. We need to give this kid an opportunity. And so they called me in the week after the draft. I wasn't drafted. They called me in for a tryout. And they, I signed a waiver saying, if, if I get injured, they're not liable. And so I went out there on Friday and then Saturday. They said if I did well, they would sign me on Sunday. They ended up signing me on that Saturday to a three-year contract. And, and I ended up leading the team in special teams tackles during the preseason. The first game I played was against Antoine Randall, which was my teammate in college at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. Sealed that game off with an interception at defensive back. And I ended up making the team as an undrafted free agent. But if I had not chosen to go to Indiana, I would have never been in a position to become friends with Brian Haney, would have never met his parents, would have never been able to go to D.C. where Tony Page was. If I never had gone to, to D.C. where Tony Page was, he would have never signed me. And if Tony Page had never been on the staff with the Miami Dolphins, he would not have had a connection with Mike Westoff. So God worked all that stuff out. All I had to do, and if I had not kept the faith and stayed positive, during those moments that I, wouldn't, I was, wasn't playing, I would have never had that good special teams film. So it's all about doing what you have to do to put yourself in position with the help of God to have an opportunity and to be ready when that opportunity comes. I know that was a long, a long story, but that's my testimony. That's how I was introduced to the National Football League. Hey, that was an amazing story. I love what you just said. And it was so much inspiration in that and so much motivation in what you just said and on what you gave out. Um, in closing, I'm going to go ahead and open up the floor to you to give the people some information on how they can reach out to you, where your uh, church is located. Um, also, I'm also give you opportunity to speak on uh, things like, you know, the recent racial tension and things for us uh, the corona and stuff so if very briefly if you could speak on all of that I know it's a lot in one but <laughs> you know just give the people that information especially you know where your um, ministry is at yes sir yes I'm, I'm the pastor of Burkett Chapel Primitive Baptist Church in Bartow Florida and certainly we right now we are in, in a position where we're meeting online and you can find us on Facebook, Burkett Chapel on Facebook. And um, we're in the process once we get back to the building of building a new facility. So there are a lot of good things going on. I also founder and CEO of 
Marcus D. Floyd Ministries. Uh, it's a nonprofit organization. We've been able to to bless single moms and bless those who are hungry. Uh, we've had raised money uh, for COVID-19 relief, uh, Operation Feed the Hungry. Uh, we've done a lot of different things to help people in the community through that nonprofit organization. Um, also, just recently founded MDF Media, where we do websites for uh, for churches and ministries. Uh, that website is not up yet, but it will be up soon. But there are a lot of good things going on. And as far as um, the situation that's going on with the coronavirus, I, th I think that we just have to continue to be restless. Uh, not Don't be restless. Continue to do what we can to protect ourselves uh, until this passes over. Uh, ultimately, uh, with the injustices, you have to make sure that don't let anyone label you. Don't let anyone uh, put you into a category that you know you don't fit. Be who you are. Make good choices and let God fight your battles for you. And that's that's pretty much all I have. Yes, sir. I want to thank you for coming on. And y'all, that was Mr. Marcus Floyd. And I want to give a shout out to your wife, your daughter. And everybody who attend your church, they got a great leader. They got a great man on their hand. And for all my young people out there, continue to strive and do the best you can. And this information that he just laid out in the podcast was so motivational and inspirational. He gave you a story of triumph and a story of overcoming. And I'm telling y'all, even when he got hurt during the season, he probably wanted to be a Gator, but God wanted him to be a Hoosier. So I'm going to leave y'all like I always leave y'all. Keep your head up and not down or else you'll fall to the ground. It's the Life and Football Podcast. Catch you next time. Try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football. This is a new day to live your life. This is a new day to try to get right. This is a new day to get on track. Yeah, that's life in football. It's life in football. We are life in football.